Well, today is the Feast of Corpus Christi, and as I reflected on the readings, I do so with the account of the first recorded priest in history offering to God gifts of bread and wine. That would be the high priest Melchizedek, who we heard about in the first reading. In the second reading, from St. Paul to the Corinthians, we have his account of the institution narrative, meaning that if you read through all four Gospels, you will find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all synoptic Gospels, that they have an institution narrative, meaning Jesus saying, this is how you will say Mass. This is my body. This is my blood. But you don't find that in John. Because when John was written, John knew that Paul, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all had accounts of the institution narrative. So John didn't even include it. Not that it wasn't important, but you can't really beat a dead horse when other guys have already been writing about it, right? So this is why we have the St. Paul institution narrative this morning, because it comes from Corinthians to show that there is continuity in all the scriptures. Finally, we have the account in the gospel of the multiplication of food by Jesus for the 5,000 plus people. It says 5,000 men were numbered. You really think children and women weren't also there? If you do, you read scripture wrong, but that's my thing. Anyway, these all speak of the earliest recorded offerings to God. Throughout all of salvation history, the worship demanded by God and offered by his people are given to us in this morning's readings. We have the account in the gospel which shows that the man-God Jesus has power over simple elements like bread and fish. It's these simple elements that the Lord demands to be offered to him by us. These things of bread and wine, they are so simple. And it is because of their simplicity that God demands them from us. For he wants all peoples in every time and place to be able to partake and offer things like bread and wine, which are universal in some form to every society around the world. Now, it's more than just simple things. For even in worldly elements... They reveal deeper mysteries than maybe we see. In the words of Bishop Robert Barron, he says, To speak of bread is to speak implicitly of soil, seed, grain, and sunshine that cross 90 million miles of space. To speak of wine is to speak indirectly of vine, earth, nutrients, storm clouds, and rainwater. To mention sun and earth, is to allude to the solar system of which they are a part. And to invoke the solar system is to assume the galaxy of which is a portion. And to refer to the galaxy is to hint at the unfathomable realities that condition the structure of the measurable universe. Therefore, when these gifts of bread and wine are brought forward at Mass, it is though the whole of creation is placed on the altar before the Lord. Now, Bishop Barron is talking about the actual moment when the bread and wine are processed at Mass. In this way, the people are offering gifts to God that A, he demands, and B, reveal deeper mysteries of the entire cosmos, more so than what we see here present. Bishop Barron, I'm sorry, we bring forth bread and wine, but they are just placeholders for the realities of the cosmos, as Bishop Barron has said. 
They are simple and yet so very complex. I reaffirm that the Lord demands the sacrifice of bread and wine simply because they are so simple and yet so complex. For as Archbishop Fulton Sheen says, the greatest love story ever told is contained in the tiny white host at Mass. And it's true that something so simple could be such a complex expression of love that the God of the cosmos would place himself into those elements of bread and wine. And taking those bread and wine elements, he would turn them into his body, blood, soul, and divinity, while still remaining under the appearance and taste of bread and wine. What a simple vessel for such a complex concept. I am speaking, of course, between the relationship between our brains and the concept of the Eucharist. For our brains are such a simple vessel for such a complex reality, such as bread and wine containing the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God Almighty. It is truly mind-blowing, awe-inspiring, and majestic at the same time but it is also extremely intimate and humble. The only thing more intimate than spouses sharing the marital act of making love is the reception of the Eucharist. For it is not just two fleshes becoming one as in conjugal love, but rather we are joined in our humanity, we are joined to divinity in a giving of persons in a covenant which cannot be undone. It is truly the greatest love story ever told, the story of a God who loved the world so much that he did not spare his only son, so that whoever believes in him and receives his flesh and drinks his blood will have eternal life. I don't know how anyone can deny the reality of the Eucharist if they understand its origin, its basis in Scripture, and the commands of Jesus directly spoken to the apostles. Yet at the same time, we will never truly understand the miracle which is the Eucharist. All we can do is orient ourselves in a way that directs us in an attitude of thanksgiving to the Lord. The only thing we could properly offer to the Lord in response to his great gift of the Eucharist is our praise. For in his goodness, he left us a gift that is divine, simple, and yet so complex.